All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Thank you very much, British lady. Welcome. Sure, she's South African. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 16. We are getting closer to Christmas. And I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this possible. Christmas? Christmas? Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to talk about what they did with some toys, Cam. That's why I'm tying it into Christmas. But first, you got to follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Chris, you were you and Cam were both out in Sherwood Park yesterday. Jared was there too. Jared was there too. Everybody was there. It's a whole group of people. What were you guys doing out in Sherwood Ford? We were doing multiple things. Number one, we were filming a super special episode of a Nation Donaire review. To be coming. Uh, I'll give you a... It's coming next week. You mean to be coming? To be coming. To be coming. To be launched soon. To be determined. That's Dropped. Better. To be coming. Launched. Anyways, we'll be launching that next week, so stay, stay tuned. It was a special uh, Santa Claus Christmas edition. We met Santa and ate a Donaire with him, so that was great. Did Santa enjoy his Donaire? <laughs> Uh, you'll have to watch the video and find oh, out. Oh, that's yeah, a good we're teaser. Not, we're, not, we're not doing spoilers. Yeah, we already okay. told you enough. All right. Milk. All right. Anyways, another thing we did is we gave away $100 <gasps> in gas money to a special person online. How did they win? They won by take. We took all of the people who tagged the nation truck on our social media accounts. So when they see the nation truck driving amongst the streets in Edmonton, snap a picture of it, upload it online, tag Sherrod Ford, tag Oilers Nation tag hashtag nation truck and we uh picked a guy out of a hat and he won a hundred bucks it was a santa hat 
there's a Santa hat. His handle is at gravy underscore 24 on Twitter. So he drew, he drew the name and he didn't have like a first name or anything on his profile. So like Jay draws it and he's like, all right, gravy underscore 23 <laughs> is the way I, I you get the large tank of propane. Please come down and pick it up. I didn't, I didn't warn him about that. But anyway, so we'll, we'll try to do this once a month. So, so tag that nation truck and a hundred bucks in gas money. Like that's good. I saw a certain someone snap a fine photo of the nation truck yesterday, <laughs> though I will say it was parked illegally. Well, in a parking zone or in a loading zone. <laughs> Who was it that had the picture of it getting ticketed? Oh, I haven't posted that yet. That was a good so soldier. Good. Nation someone fan. DM'd us and was like, the nation truck is getting a parking ticket right now. LMAO. You know, you've really made it as a company when people are letting you know that your, co- your company vehicle is getting ticketed. When we would have really made it is if that person taking the picture went and fought fought yeah yeah fought the ticket guy and he said you cannot give this vehicle a ticket because there's urgent content to be produced and that's why they're parked there so please relax is it too much to ask nation fans to sacrifice their own livelihood to spend a night in jail for fighting the ticket guy and i want to give us props as a company for supporting the city via parking tickets. Jay is a real good soldier at that. That's right. He is filling potholes single-handedly. I want to start off this podcast today, boys. The Oilers were in Winnipeg last night. It was an emotional OT loss, but I'm going to start with a quick minute about Chris, the intern's disgusting cereal habit that he just told us about. (laughs) It is really upsetting to me. I wasn't expecting this to make the podcast. Well, I know you weren't, and that's why I brought it up. Chris, how do you eat your shreddies? So we were doing mic tests right before the podcast started and beg or someone asked me to say something. Stop avoiding the question. It was Jared who asked me to uh, explain to everyone what I asked. Somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody. I can't remember his name. Anyways, for breakfast this morning, I had uh, soggy shreddies and I put the milk, lots of milk into the bowl of shreddies and I let it sit for 60 seconds, went and like did something else and then I came back and ate it and the shreddies were so good. They were milk infused. And uh, just Kevin's looking really upset right now. I know Rick behind me is upset. I'm upset. That's so gross. It's so gross. What is not Jared? Jared brought it up. Why don't you just eat oatmeal? I do eat oatmeal too. I just like soggy cereal, man. Like, okay. okay. So when you pour a bowl of shreddies and you take like five bites and then you're halfway through the bowl and then the last half of the bowl is soggy. That's exactly what this is like. Do you Uh, uh, eat your oatmeal cold? No. It's just like I, if I'm eating shreddies, I'm racing to the bottom so they don't get soggy. I'm like uh, a prisoner. You know what's even worse is when people do that same thing with Fruit Loops. You get like a thing of Fruit Loops and leave it for like a minute, and then the water is all Fruit Loopy. Well, that, Wait, yeah, that's or not the water. Sorry, you the eat milk. your Fruit Loops with water. I just, like I just don't eat. Okay, I just don't eat Fruit Loops. All your cereal has to be eaten <clears> like that. It's a you've got a you've got 45 seconds, maybe a minute and a half. Uh, it's a power through type of a situation. Nothing gets in your way. There's no stopping to talk. You don't flip the. You can't flip the page in the newspaper. You just fire through that bowl as fast as possible. That's all you really can I, do when it comes to cereal. I know what you're saying, and I understand that with many other cereals, but Shreddies is different. And I encourage you all. I encourage the only all one. Of my the listeners. only one where it's actually good to let it get uh, a little soggy is when you do it with. Um, no, when you do it with when you do it with like Rice Krispies. Jared, that's Captain fun. Crunch. Is no, I don't like do any. You guys crisps. are all terrorists, in my opinion. Man, I know a dude who dips <clears throat> his chips in water because he's like, oh. his chips <laughs> Doxum, <laughs> Doxum, what's his name? Call the cops on that that's, guy. That's he's so gross. Upset. Is that person you, Chris? No. Yeah, he didn't want to let us know. <laughs> okay. I've thought about trying it. It's a friend it. I know, allegedly. 
Oh, that's just so wrong. Evan the intern eats his cereal, of course, with ketchup. Well, yeah, like uh, that's which his, is what you'd expect. His, uh, you know, lubricant of choice, if you will. No milk, straight catsup. Catsup. Yeah. So anyway, I want to get back down to business. The Oilers had a big OTL loss last night in Winnipeg. However, in my opinion, Dan, I feel like getting a point in Winnipeg with the injuries that they've gone through, that you you can't really be too too mad about it. Yeah. Arguably, your first game uh, without your top two of your top four defensemen—that's a—that's a huge point to get out of there. Um, unfortunately, it's with Clefbaum being out for six weeks, Russell being out for at least a week. We—it's a reality we have for the next couple of games. So it's—it's uh, it's going to be a grind. The team definitely went into a shell in the third period and played for that OT, and uh, we got the OT loss that we. Kind of deserved. It wasn't horrible, though. Like, they were out there. You know, the first period, we're good. Second period, we ran them around in the second period. And, yeah, yep. third period, yeah, you know what? They they do have a uh, on pair a better team than us. So, if you get run around by them a bit, I don't think anyone here would have been horribly upset about it. Um, not to mention the fact you got guys out there playing six, seven, eight minutes more than they're, than they're used to against top-level guys that also they're not used to against playing. Well, yeah, the second period, sorry, the second period we had, against the Jets last night was like the third period we had against the Jets the first time we played them and we came back and beat them but well, uh, the the boys came out uh losing 3-1 early I think it was 3-1 and I was like this is exactly what I expected from this game and then I was pleasantly surprised to lose in overtime so it's great one thing I got I want to ask you guys about last night on the nation post the wrap-up I'm doing my beat cast because they lost the big sentiment coming from a lot of nation fans last night was that that was Talbot's fault that they lost in the first place. They lost in overtime. I would start, I'll be the first to say he probably, and he would agree should have stopped that shot in overtime. I think that even somebody though, also probably could have checked Josh Morrissey on his way to the clean shot. Today. Sure. Of course. And there's also, I thought the lining one was a little bit weak. That said, they probably shouldn't have got the chance in the first place. Yeah. The line, as soon as line scored, I was like, man, Talbot, doing and then i remember that it was patrick liney and like the fact that talbot got a piece of that to begin with is impressive the second goal the bufflin goal went in off gravel's skate the first one perot just had an easy walk to the net nobody nobody touched him so i just find it really weird that everybody's jumping on the guy yeah they lost but the jets also had 17 shots in the third period the Oilers had two the shot attempts were 45 to 5 in the third period. The fact that they walked away with a point, Dan, people should be kind of grateful for Talbot, I think, in my opinion. I think I think we're so spoiled right now because we have Koskinen playing really well and like way above where we thought he way would be. Way above. Those are numbers point. you can't yeah. realistically keep going. And so it's like and that's where people I think just believe that he will and it, it's really it's really just easy to to let Talbot kind of be the be the guy that you you go after. I think we're at a point too where Talbot's he's working his way back up to where his play was to a couple of years back. So he won two games in a row and everyone thought he was back there already, but those were not there yet. I think he still played well. He's not where his normal self is, but he'll get there. There's still a lot of deficiencies in the, in the roster and the hmm. fact that we were able to play with them all game even though we kind of got run around there in the third period is still something that says it's a, it's, it's something you can get behind and something you can believe in still. Well, and he draws in in a game where we have our Russell and cleft bomb out. So it just, it was a tough matchup for him. And, and, you know, he gave us a chance to make it in overtime. 
Rick mentioned some of the the playing time that some of the guys got that they're not used to. As an example, Nurse, career high, 3104 last night. I thought he had a decent night, good night, uh, big goal. Larson, 2845. Gravel, over 20 minutes. Uh, Matt Benning, 18 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys that are fighting above their weight, lo- uh, weight class camp. It was pretty wild that despite the, like, the completely decimated blue line they had that Jason Garrison still only saw nine minutes. Yes. That was wild. He looked like yes. he was skating around on skates that didn't have blades. He looked like quite a step behind. So just around the horn real quick, do you think the people that want to trade Talbot make sense or are they being ridiculous, Dan? I think it they're being ridiculous for two reasons. The value is not there. And then also then you have Al Montoya as a backup. Let's be let's be real here. If this continues and Koskinen puts up unreal numbers and Talbot like plays all right and it's trade deadline time and we're like four spots in the playoff race or what am I saying? We're four points above I the love, playoff I, cutoff. Let's be we're, we're we're in December and we're four <laughs> spots in the playoff race. This I is a know. successful year so far. There's there's no, only when, four other teams in the playoff picture. When the it's time comes us. and we need to resign Talbot and Koskinen's like well overplaying him, like what do you do? That's a tough decision if you ask me. I don't see Tal- I don't I don't see how Koskinen can ask for much more than what Talbot's getting right now. Uh and in a year like this, Talbot I think honestly you'd want a raise. I don't know if you really and he's going into ufa season too though right you always get overpaid in ufa so yeah no you're gonna run into an issue at the end of the year where you're sitting on one of them and maybe then you can think about it you'll see what you have in your goalies in your younger goalies and how well they're doing how well they're handling the ahl and the echl but uh right now if you're talking about moving one of them you're Blind, dumb. I'm sorry. I don't have a nice thing to say about it. You can't move either one of them right now. It'd be ridiculous. Well, we're talking about contracts too. Our, our very own at Coom about six episodes now, five episodes ago. Now you yep. called. You called out what you thought his contract would be. I yeah. I so I made the guess like a while back that Koskinen will be the one of the two goalies between the two that will be back next year. I could see them both back quite easily, but my assumption was I I guess that. Koskinen was going to end up inking a two or three year deal with four mil per year. That's just kind of my guess. And that would put him like right in between guys like Jacob Markstrom, Antti Ranta, Scott Darling, and Devin Dubnik, which is like, I think that's kind of like where he sits in the league. That's, 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 that's bottom third of the top, th- like top 30 goalies in the league. I also could see, maybe this is just me being greedy and selfish. I could see a scenario where the Oilers keep them both in a very Minnesota wild esque Manny Fernandez roly type oh, plateau there's a call scenario well like if there's that. teams that are pl- like if, if if the rangers are getting away with paying like lundqvist 8.5 sergey bobrovsky makes 7.425 tuka rask 7 mil pekka rene 7 mil like if you are paying goalies like that and it's standard then you can do koskinen for talbot for 3.5 or something and then you have you know two good goalies like that's a pretty good one-two punch for like 7.58 mil. I think it's worth it. I th- I think that would be a really solid Better approach. than having Al Montoya be your guy that plays like 20. And points. that's the point. So we're talking about Koskinen. He's going to be in tonight. The Oilers are playing Philly. Philly, on the other hand, they're going with their third string because they've just got a weird sequence of goalie issues going on right now. Elliot, doc- doctor's appointments. Brian Elliott had to go, you know, get his teeth checked. They've or just given up. They've given up. He, this third string guy... What's his name Stolars. again? Stolars. Stolars has like an 870 save percentage and 
three GAA. So Oilers played last night. Obviously, Philly tonight. What are you guys expecting from the second half of a back-to-back, especially with some of the guys who played a ton of minutes? Though looking at the forwards, Hitch did a good job of spreading the minutes out around the forwards. Connor had the most at 22-52, which for him is, seems like a walk in the park at this point. What are you guys expecting for tonight's game against Philly, uh, considering back-to-back, considering Philly's third-string goalie? I just think that I think that it's going to be... Uh... We should be better offensively, um, but I I just feel like I feel bad for Larson and, and Nurse because they they logged so many minutes last night and hard minutes last night. This is what the, this is what players like that want to do though. They want to be out there. They want to be out there twenty eight thirty minutes. You got to pull these guys back sometimes. Yep. Yeah. I I think it's going to be a wild game because I think we're going to be poor defensively. Koskinen's uh, going to be playing well. Um, we're going to be a little bit tired because of back to back, but I think Conor McDavid is going to thrive against this third string no name. They're all professional athletes. I don't think they're going to be horribly tired. Sure, they're going to be a little run down, but I don't know. Did they stay there and fly this morning or fly last night? And... I didn't see any indication. Because there is, there is a lot to be said about how you, how you sleep. Where well, they, where, they, I mean, they have to bus to North Dakota. It's yeah. a long bus ride. Well, the, the other thing we haven't even acknowledged yet is there's a reason like maybe Cam Talbot was a bit shaky because he's never parachuted before. Because what they did this time is they thought going through customs all that time in one day is a lot. So what they did is they flew over Winnipeg and just parachuted out of the airplane because there's nowhere to land because Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. And that's jarring. Like, it can be stressful, sure. Like if you're <clears throat> and like five hours after parachuting, you're playing a net and you're feeling dizzy. Yeah, I feel like you'd get a mean like head head rush and your the nerves. All your It'll levels. It'll take you a minute to shake weird. that off, you know? Yeah, it can be good. Round the horn real quick. What do you think for tonight? I'm going to go ahead and say a 4-1 win for our Edmonton Oilers. Chris, Four, thoughts? 4-5-2 win. Points. I'm going to say 6-2 win. 3 nothing. I'm going to say I'm going to go 3 to 1 Koskinen with a with a big game in that at home, which is what he does. Big score predictions for an Oilers win around the horn brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. If Koskinen gets another shutout tonight, who buys the Bears? And there it goes. Chris just jinxed it. <laughs> As one member of the goalie guild to another, he should come here and slap you across the face. Actually, to be fair, Rick started it. I've been to two Koskinen shutouts now this season, and in both games, I said, looks like Koskinen's going to get a shutout, and he did. One time, I said, if Koskinen gets a shutout, I'll buy his jersey. He got a shutout. I didn't buy his jersey. I bought a jersey. So I didn't jinx it. I didn't jinx it. It's a fine jersey, though. It's a fine jersey. I am going to the game tonight. This is my second game in a week. The Oilers beat the Flames on Sunday night, 1-0. I'm undefeated on the season. I'm feeling good about it. What did you think about the uh, the atmosphere in the arena there? You know what? Honestly, I, I want to give the Oilers props because it's much better entertainment value on what's on the screen, what they're doing between plays than it was last year. I didn't see any crowd shots outside of the mandatory kiss cam. I saw highlight packs. I saw them doing some Photoshop work. I saw some different kind of strategies going up there. I'm going to give them props. They've obviously made a conscious effort to improve the entertainment value when you're in there waiting for the game to start. And, you know, that's what we've all wanted for a long time. I was at that game too, and uh, that was a pretty entertaining kiss cam. Do you remember it? Like one guy picked up his girl and like... Oh, and then two ladies kissed? kissed? And then two ladies kissed. Shout and out to then the ladies. another one is that they it, they showed it on like a brother or sister and they just like backed off. Very entertaining. You know what? If you show your sister on there, if, if I'm at a game with my sister, she's getting a smooch. I'm going to win that prize. Ken. How do you know that they were brother and sister? I just assumed because they were grossed out by each other. Oh, cousins. <laughs> <laughs> just he could a have rocky been, part of the relationship he could have been friend zoned who knows since the others are playing philly tonight well we were obviously talking about gritty 
And to me, I think it's a shame that Philly doesn't travel with Grady. I think any fan of any team would be pumped to see Grady. And considering we have Hunter, the terror cat. The NHL just trying to boost up their numbers by bringing Gritty around on a world tour. Honestly, you could just send Gritty to any stadium, even if the Flyers aren't involved. That would be oh, that I would be, be, be a good move. Like, do you not think you'd be more likely to bring out people to a Florida Panthers game if Gritty was in the mix? Like, <laughs> the I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit about the Flyers, but if Gritty is there, the Panthers Running and Hurricanes around. are playing each other, and all yeah. of a sudden, Gritty shows up with a t-shirt cannon. Sure, why not? Just blasting people. <laughs> yeah, like, Gritty comes and dumps something on somebody's head and goes on the ice during the game, lays a hip check, <laughs> picks up a yes. kid and throws him over the glass or something. I don't know. That's the kind of content that I like to consume. I don't know about you guys. Terry Jones, speaking of Hunter. Speaking of Gritty. Terry Jones. Speaking of mascots in general, Terry Jones, Dan, said he wanted to fire Hunter. For a weird reason, by the way. He did. He uh, he pawned, he put out this question on Twitter. He said, question to Oilers season ticket holders. Would you enjoy the game more if they took the dr- little drum away from the mascot who has no clue when to bang it, no f- no feel for how or and when to work or crowd, and when to let them joyfully dial it up on their own? Obviously, I'd fire the guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what I saw against Calgary was Gritty walking up the fucking handrail. You mean bang- Hunter? Or, man, I wish it was Gritty. <laughs> I, I wish it was gritty. It was Hunter walking up the handrail, banging on the drum like it was his job, which it is. And I loved it. I was like, oh my God, Hunter, you're walking up the handrail. This is dangerous. Well, the, my inner my inner motherly feelings came out for him. And I was concerned that he was going to fall and do a header right down the stairs. Like I went through the mentions and the replies to this tweet. And there was like a distinctive cutoff at the age of like, I want to say 46, 47, where if you're above that number, That's specific. you want Hunter fired. And if you're below that number, you're telling Terry Jones to go take a hike. Terry tweeted shortly after saying, I remember when a guy could have a little bit of fun on Twitter. I was going to say, wow. ins- insert that clip of the uh, Simpsons thing where it's get off my lawn. Old man Come yells on, at man. cloud. He's, you're, trying to, uh, you're trying to put on a show for people from 4 to 94. There's going to be things out there you don't like, that you don't understand, that you wish they were different. But guess that's just the way it goes. It's not all aimed for you. If it was... That's why the whole place got so damn quiet in the first place. I kind of wonder. It's horribly quiet in there usually. I kind of wonder if Terry Jones is one of those guys that sits at the game and when their people are trying to get the go, let's go Oilers chant going, he's just cross-armed, angry as all hell. Oh, he hates the wave too. Like when the yeah. wave's ripping around, he's like, this stupid yeah. fun. To be fair, the wave, the, wave is, the wave is bad. No, it's fine. I am anti-wave. Everybody gets into the anti-wave. wave. I'm You're not, hashtag on, man. The wave. I'm not on team wave. You're the only person like that hates the wave. No, that's not true. Tons of people hate the wave. You know what? If you you go to a game with me, I'm going to make you stand up when it's No, you won't make me there stand is, up. There is a hashtag that goes around Twitter called hashtag ban the wave. Yeah, all the time. Having the wave go on sports. during play is a big pain in the ass. Well, the have, thing you ever is, been, have you ever been there when the wave's going on and something happens? I was at a baseball game one time and you can go <laughs> hours without anything happening in a baseball game. I missed somebody hit a ground rule double in a baseball game because they were doing the goddamn wave. Coom and how, how many times do you go to a ball game and get to see a ground rule double? Coom is on the ban the wave train. He, he, is, is, he could be the president. He's embracing Terry Jones here. Goodness. Like it. You know what else I want to ban? People bringing up Ryan Nugent Hopkins and trade rumors. It's driving me fucking crazy. The Oilers have three forwards with more than 17 points this year, Chris. Okay, three. Well, this, that was just some Boston reporter and then everyone picked it up. Like, I, I, I'll write an article about I don't know, someone across like in a different division getting traded. Who? I don't know. I couldn't think of anybody. Was it was it Friedman that said that he's never seen a player 
offered up in more trade rumors and never have been actually in any Well, I remember we, it was a couple of years ago, it was the same summer as the Hall trade. We, we had people saying that like a one for one Nugent Hopkins for Dumbo was like complete. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that just didn't happen. It's absurd. And, and then, then there was the Falk one this the, summer. Yeah, then there was another really weird one too, where it was like they're gonna trade Nugent Hopkins to Ottawa for like Mike Hoffman. Yeah, and then there was a I've seen Nugent Hopkins for CC, which is Whoa. ridiculous. There's just I hate it, man. This kid is now he's 25 years old. Just because he's been around 100 years doesn't mean he's not 25. He was born into the league. Essentially, like he came out of the womb with a pair of skates on his jersey, and he's been playing since he was a fetus. He is developing into the team, in my opinion's best two-way center. Hitchcock oh, is leaning on him like crazy. All hard minutes. Nuge isn't getting easy minutes aside from playing with Connor and Leon in the power play, which, you know, there was a struggle a little bit, although they have power play goals in back-to-back games, Chris. Yeah. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Why is it other teams being wishful? Is that what you think, Dan? Because I, I don't understand it at all. It drives me crazy. It makes me mad. I go ahead and start the keep Nuge forever hashtag. I add to my thread that's been going on for over a calendar year now. I think we should take this me as nuts. a compliment because teams look at a valuable player on our um, on our team and who they want to get, and it's Nuge. Every I've time. seen too many Oiler fans trying to trade them here, there, and everywhere. These guys that are they they follow Oilers Nation or whatever they you know they've got a they've got a guy in an Oilers jersey in their in their fucking photos and shit. Everybody's trying to fucking move him for anybody. It is honestly fucking annoying. I just think he's the one player on the team that that isn't McDavid and Drysaddle that has value that you could theoretically bring. We have back three top of. six forwards and he's one of them. No, no, I know, and I'm not, and I, I'm just, I'm not even, I'm not defending it. I'm just, I'm thinking that that's where it's coming there's, from. There's also a reason that people from other teams are suggesting these trades and writers from other markets are doing it is because look at who our GM is. This is the guy who's traded Hall. He's traded Eberle. He's traded Blake Wheeler. He's traded Tyler Sagan. He's traded Phil Kessel. It's like he's, if he ever has a skilled forward, that skilled forward is being loaded up in a cannon and that guy is going to be shot somewhere. And it's like, it's, it's, you expect him to make the trade. Like, this is why I really hope we've cut off his cell service. <laughs> I hope he has no internet. Uh, he's living in the basement of Rexall, not just, Rogers, Rexall. We all know there is no internet signal in, in Rexall. That is where his new apartment is right now. He is being held by himself. They feed him three square meals a day. He cannot talk to anybody. He's every, eating like astronaut yeah. meals. Every morning, Cates uh, comes down and unlocks his door so he can come out again. Yeah. Did you see him last night trying to work his cell phone? I don't think we need to take away the his cell phone. Yeah, the only trades that Torelli's allowed to make is he's allowed to trade random third-round picks for random NCAA players. He's he's or, uh, he's allowed to tinker, which is I which feel like he's tinkering's actually, okay. Which he's actually yeah, make some waiver claims, make some PTO signings. Oh yeah, you could PTO guys all you want. He yeah. can he can tinker like when he was in Boston, he was you know finding like Mark Recchi and that kind of thing. You can go and find Mark Recchi for the Oilers now. But when you That's like fine. Cam just ripped through a list of very, very good hockey players he's traded. I don't know how anybody can look at that roster of guys he's moved and be like, you know what? This is a guy for the job. I trust him to make another big deal. Doesn't make sense. Speaking of centers, Nation Dan last week <laughs> called out the one and only Leon Dreisaitl. You're welcome. Said he wasn't doing enough, something like that. Go ahead and listen to last week's episode to hear Dan's nonsense. In the four games since, Leon has three goals six assists, and finds himself on a 100-point pace. You're welcome. Thoughts? You know what? I think that this only goes to prove that the Edmonton Oilers listened to our podcast. 
right right away as soon as jared is done editing they're the first listeners of the podcast leon picked it up congratulations leon for listening to my advice this week i would like to see more from ryan spooner i want to see ryan spooner turn it around we're getting we're getting update updated news coming in from the nation chris what do we got nation chris it's an email okay um <laughs> so no, this week we're gonna, gonna have ryan spooner. what the email is though it's yeah, uh, share with the class chris it's from telus uh the 2019 telus calendar is now available <laughs> for I purchase for purchase or uh no it's free Ooh. Just download and print it or what i'm i'll i'll tune you back in hey why didn't we ever what? make a calendar with the us boys, in the, the office. boys of the nation this was supposed um, to be a shirts off podcast today because it's so damn hot in here hot. yeah to, i'm sweating to get back to the question at hand uh leon I, I never was saying I was never one to say that Leon didn't belong on the team. I didn't say that he should get traded. You said that he was playing poorly enough to get sent to the AHL. I I did say that if he was, <laughs> you quite, if, if he quite was literally Jesse Pugliarvi, if he was Jesse Pugliarvi or Kyler Yamamoto playing the same way, he would be in the AHL on pace for hundred points. Well, now well, he was playing at a point per he game. He was on pace for yeah, yeah. ninety points last yeah, yeah. year, and, that, and that's fine. But like he's, I said, he's going to be a quiet, good player. He's going to be a player that does does really good things when you really don't notice it. And there's going to be some things you don't like in his game, but that happens for everybody. I just think he's going to be consistently a 90 to 100 point player. And you can give those types of guys their little mishaps here and there. Dry My- reminds me a lot about if uh, like if Guinea Malkin, like when I watch Malkin in the playoffs, he just comes off as he makes so many mistakes and he just seems slow and, you know, and then he puts up like three points a game. But my point was with that, and I do agree with that. I can kind of agree with that assessment, um, is that you don't put Evgeny Malkin and Crosby on a line if they're not playing at a, you know, two goals a game kind of pace. It's just, it's a, it's a waste of Leon Dreisaitl's talent to have him up on that top line if he's not absolutely blowing it up. So, yeah, I just, that was my opinion. <laughs> and that's fine. There's a lot, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to take on there. But he just, he just has, now, he, now he's at a point where it makes sense for him to be on the top line. <laughs> where he's making where he's getting six points in four games that's huge uh, actually nine but, points in four or games. nine points in four games so if he's not on the top line and he's only getting two points a game no and that's and that's what i'm trying to say it's like it's like a backhand taking compliment. us on a ride on like a teacups ride at disney world i feel dizzy it's a backhand compliment in the sense that if him and new if if dry is going to be a point per game player with mcdavid then he should be able to be that with nooch and so if he's down on the second line and you're putting guys up on the top line that are going to be just as effective with Connor, Rick, I don't know why you guys are understanding. I Rick's understand just eyeing what if you, down right what if you, what if you, What if you throw him in net? Yeah, fine. All I can think about is one of my favorite things was this past week was watching Drysaddle shine like a diamond after Dan said, and let's repeat, Cam, what did he say about Drysaddle last He said week? if Drysaddle... Uh, if, if anybody else on the team was playing like this, they'd be in the AHL. Dry Settle belongs in the minors right now with the way he's playing. And then like a game or so later, he goes and launches an 85-foot backhand sauce pass right oh, on Connor's God. tape. That was probably one of the best passes I've seen in all year from him. And even his pass last night. You're yes, to Ryan Spooner. Yeah. You're welcome, Leon. Two you're passes, welcome. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dan. Ryan uh, Spooner, you're up. Be better. Well, he scored last night. He did. It's he's going to even be better. Yeah, it is. We uh, Hitchcock is not a big Spooner fan. I, I wouldn't expect nine points from Spooner this week, just because. Like, I mean, I I gave Leon a bump, but he's already a good player. Spooner, I would say, he's going to have two points. Are you saying two you don't like the way he does those uh, eagle turns and pivots, buddy? I love that hip turn. I don't think anybody in the league can skate like he really he does likes his edges with his with on his. He edges looks like, like he, he looks like mid game 
he's instructing a power skating course. Yeah, he's yeah, doing a little there's, wiggle. There's like kids watching. He's like, all right, here's how you get on your edge. It's 80% on this side and 20% on the other. It reminds me of that uh, beautiful goal by Doug Waite once upon a time where he did that little hip wiggle, roofs it over. Against the flame, Trevor yeah. Kidd was the goalie in net. And uh, <laughs> the only difference, obviously, is that Spooner is not Doug Waite. However, Yet. little 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 shimmy shakes. This week like he it. will be because he's listening to the ON Radio podcast. You're First welcome. half of the podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Get Sauced. They're fantastic. They're delicious. They're fine people, Chris. You can go see them at 9620 58th Avenue right here in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta. Give them a call at 780-462-2418. Go check out their wares at GetSauce.com and make your mouth happy. They will improve your life. Chris, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Are you checking your email again? What's going no, on over I here? Chris really wants that TELUS calendar. <laughs> My system has run out of application memory. I'm just having we all tell? sorts of computer Why don't you close today? your computer and stop being distracted? Bag milk. Should we tell the people about what you plan to do next week with Get Sauce? <laughs> We're going to have a, a big old family get-together podcast next week. I'm looking forward to it. Hold I'm on, hold on, hold on. I got one qualm here. Go ahead. So we've been preparing for quite some time. Get sauced is going to make a really fucked up hot sauce. Radio from, silence from my trivia, so that I can fuck Jay up because yes. he was talking shit about me mm-hmm. and he was saying that my my trivia wasn't very good mm-hmm. and that I'm a big time dumbass mm-hmm. and things like this. One of those things is accurate. I'm a big time dumbass, but my trivia is not bad. My trivia is very good. And what Jay does is he finds out, he emails the 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 hot sauce guy, and the hot sauce guy says, "All right, like here's when it's going to be ready." Jay scared, terrified. How scared is he? So scared that he booked a flight to Australia as far away from us as he can possibly be. He's jumping on an 87 hour flight to Australia so that he can miss this podcast and not be a part of the trivia with the new hot sauce. I think that's weak. And everybody who's ever heard Chris's Australia joke, which frankly, we don't have time to get into no, no, right no, no. now. That'll be the rest of the podcast. We only knows, have 29 minutes left. Chris <laughs> knows that Jay though. may not come back. The flight to Australia is so long and painful. Oh, he's doing it. Okay. (laughs) Everybody just settle. It's just it's such a beautiful place that why make the flight back? That's that's why majority of uh, people in Australia are from North America. Because they don't. It's not a joke. That's just like that's like that's like that's like a a demographic analysis. (laughs) This is like this is demography. This is like this is studying the migration of people. That's not a joke. All I'm saying (laughs) is don't be surprised if Jay doesn't come back. And he ends up in like Surfer's Paradise or something. He gets himself a nice tan. He's wearing nothing but singlets. He opens a beach stand. Wonderfully bronzed. He opens uh, Australia Nation. Oh, and they're talking cricket. They're talking cricket and Aussie rules football. They also have Australian baseball there. The a little ABL. bit of and oh, the koala. Interesting thing. Tribute. Go ahead. Really, really random, interesting thing. So I was looking into the Aussie rules football league for no reason recently. And apparently they used to have a thing where it was a father-son draft where you drafted a father and you got a son. Yeah, actually, you know what? I've heard that. I've heard it's like the Oilers uh, would love that. It's like joining the skulls. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you have to have that lineage to be able to play for the team. I don't get it. That makes sense. You're drafting genetics instead of just players' talent. I love this because oh, if I Connor like ever has a son, he's ours. Oh. See cool. what I mean, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. See, lights are turning on. I like it. Draft Connor's kids. At draft is onboard kids. At some point, though, you'd lose all draft eligible players ever. I don't think so. I, I don't, just, I don't see any everything. holes in this plan, Dan. Why are you trying to poke holes yeah, in this fine. flawless draft system? Now, a big news item in Edmonton this week was former captain Andrew Ference appearing on the 31 Thoughts podcast. He was with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. It's a fine podcast if you haven't heard it. 
after you listen to this one might check out that one. However, Andrew Ference did not necessarily have very nice things to say about Edmonton. And, and you, as you can imagine, that pissed Oilers fans off quite a bit. Or it made them very happy because it confirmed their bias, blah, 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 blah. Chris? Did you just blah, blah, blah bias? Yeah, I did. Oh. I did. Because a lot of people that were just like, see, see, no, there was a problem. There was a problem. Ferris confirmed it. That's it. Case closed. Everybody had to go. It's f- I shouldn't say that. Jared, can we bleep that? Maybe we'll bleep that. <laughs> we just traveled back to 2003 here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that one out. Anyway, uh, so Andrew Ferris appeared with Freeman and Merrick, and he was talking about the Oilers. And one thing that came up was the culture. And a lot of culture talk about the Oilers' young stars, though he didn't name names, but everybody knows who he was talking about, going out in some cases until 5 a.m. And part of the reason they were bad is because they would be out partying and they didn't care about winning and they had mean things to say about guys who practiced hard. And it just seemed really weird to throw poisonous arrows at his former team now while also vehemently defending Dallas Aikens as being raked over the coals as a wonderful man and coach, yet he got a raw deal. Chris, what do you think? I love Andrew Ferens. Like, I, I, he's a great guy and he does great things for the community. Yes. So on and so forth. Without a doubt. Okay, disclaimer out of the way. Go ahead. So then, uh, so then this now, news came up. out that he was talking shit about the Oilers and I was like, oh man, like this is crazy. And then I heard it and I was like, oh, it's crazy that Ferens said that. But now that I've had time to uh, soak it in, think about it, it's just very strange that he's bringing this up now, years later. Quote, Dallas Akins was a fantastic coach that was dealt a pure crap hand in a team that wouldn't actually listen. You had a group of players that talked about how they want to make the playoffs and talked about how sick they were of losing. And then by game three, after losing 6-1, they're straight out to the bar on three in the morning, lighting up the nightlife scene in Edmonton. Like, come on, give me a break. It was at a point where it was ridiculous. The lifestyle was way more important than playing the game and making the playoffs. But like I said, talk is cheap. So I listened to the uh, Spit and Chicklets boys this week. They had some good takes on it. Ryan Whitney, of course, yeah. former Oiler and probably Oiler's been legend. Ryan Oiler's Whitney. legend, Ryan Whitney. What did so he have to say? Witt didn't play like during those times when Ference and Hall, I'm just going to say Taylor Hall were on the Because he was hurt. Yes. Anyways, but Witt... <laughs> He said that when he was there, when they were losing year after year, the Oilers never partied any more than any other team in the NHL. Like it was very standard um, to go out and party after the game. And I don't, I don't, I don't. He said that the Oilers weren't like just focused on it. Um, and he, they essentially disagreed with what Farron said and just thought it was very strange, just like anybody else. If there's one thing I know about success is that the '80s Oilers were in bed by 9 p.m. They never went out. They never put any uh, toxic substances into themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were only drinking water and fruit juices, and that's why they won. So I, I guess in, in defense of Andrew Ferris, I have two questions for you guys. One, what do you think he stands to gain from lying at this point? And then two, um, for, do we just think that he's, do we think that he's just like, kind of the nerd in the room and he, he wants to work out all the time when they're losing or, you know, like what's the, what's the deal there? So I like, I don't think he's lying. I'm sure this is his opinion of how things are going. And he just came back or he just got here from Boston Bruins who won their cup. So obviously Zidane Chera and the Boston organization had different ways of running their team. Some teams party, some teams don't party. Um, so Ference came in, tried to uh, bring the concepts that, 
the Bruins use to the Oilers and it was just completely different and not every team is like that and I think it's just different leadership in every in every organization maybe he came in and acted a way that was everyone's got to do what I say because I'm the captain well, yeah. and yeah you know what I will agree with one thing uh what the, the coach was given a fucking a shitty hand Look at the roster he had to deal with. And I don't mean number four, number 93, number four. I don't mean the top end. Look at the middle. Look at the bottom. They did not have a good roster. Your, num- your number three, four defenseman was a 33-year-old guy out of Boston who was over the hill. Was you know The game was t- it's kind of passing you by by now. I can see Ferentz not liking um, the mentality of the younger guys. But guess what? When I was, you know, a couple of years ago when I was his age, I looked at 20-year-olds and I didn't like the way they were doing things either. Yep. But you got to learn how to adapt. You got to try and if you're the captain, go out of your comfort zone and make your team an actual team. If that means you have to go out once in a while, it means you go out once in a while. Okay, boys, I'll go out tonight, you know, and one thirty. you know, you start to let's get everybody go home now. And then tomorrow we go to the fucking museum. Like there's so many things as a captain you can do to prevent this to not allow it get out of hand rather than just sit back home on your on your fucking uh, on your um, on your bicycle and complain about it fucking five years later. There's a lot of things a captain can do to prevent this rather than sit there with the coach and just complain about it. Ferris yeah. just Ferris just sitting there at hot yoga like all <laughs> mad. He's like, why is everybody out drinking when they could be drinking kale smoothies with me? This is a bunch of garbage. Well, one more thing that. The guys on Spit and Chicklets brought up is that the they referenced the LA Kings Cup run when they won the Cup when they're in the eighth seed is they finished every series in like five six games so they're done a lot earlier than a lot of other series and they just went on like two two night benders. Well, that was that after every series, and that was also the LA team that consisted of the Philly boys that were all chased out of town because they uh, because they partied too. Richards hard. and Carter, yeah, yeah they were they so were the players better. that the Flyers had to get rid of because their attitudes were so bad. And they snorted so much protein powder there was that, that f- they had to be sent somewhere else. There was that photo of them. There was like the four dudes on the beach in LA that, that all got shipped out of town. Oh, really? Yeah. But the Oilers didn't, they weren't in last place because they partied too much. They were in last place because they roster was bad. Yes. That's the thing Let's- with Ference. I don't think Ference is coming out here and lying. I think what he thinks is correct. He thinks yeah. he could just get all the guys in a big huddle in the room and everybody would just become you know, like a, like a dry celibate type. Nobody's drinking. No one's doing any of that stuff. Everyone's going to work really hard, hit the gym, bear the fuck down, and the team's going to be good, and that's going to overcome a lack of talent. But you can't, you can't do that in this NHL. This is a skill game. The roster is bad. That's why it was bad. If you look back at like Hall and Eberle's numbers, as much as they were partying and whatever they were doing, they were still extremely effective when they were on the ice. And it's like Rick said behind me, this is a little off mic. It's like, okay, so they go to bed at midnight instead of 3 a.m. if that happened. What does that get you? Two, three more wins on the season? It's not, they had 67 points in the season he's talking about. We're not going to be bumped up to a 90 point team just by going to bed early and watching prices right in the morning. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The bigger problem I had, I think, though, was when he took a shot at the media, the fans for attacking their own guys and how much that affected them, as if Oilers fans didn't sit through a decade of watching horrible teams. All anybody ever wants who cheers for the Edmonton Oilers is to watch them win, to watch them get back to the playoffs. So to be surprised that people were negative when they're filling the building for a horrible team, 
come on, man. And you're paying good money too, right? Like, it's not like we're, we're, we're fans of the Florida Panthers and you're getting paid $19 to watch the game. Like, exactly. you know, if you're going to watch, even during the decade of darkness, it's still like, even those like shitty 4-1 losses against the Minnesota Wild in February, you're still paying like 40 bucks to watch that at least. I just chalk that comment up as another former Oiler who comments about how hard the media is. Like, it's always going to be like that. It's not going to change. That's just what goes on here. Well, how I would counter that is when the Oilers made the playoffs in 2016-17, where was the negative media then? If you win, if you win, all that chatter goes yeah. away. And are you telling me that those boys didn't go out and party? Of course they did, and they should. And anybody who's in their early 20s is going out to party. And I don't care if you're a multimillionaire in a pro sport or if you're a dude with zero money and you're living on your parents' couch. You are going out to party when you're that age. That's how life is. And to your point too, Bag Milk, when you're talking about success, I think that also just an effort uh, plays well in this city. And, and that's true when you look at the 90s, the late 90 Oilers. That was just not a very talent-filled roster, but they went out there and they worked their ass off, and this city, this city respects that. Another interesting uh, comment that came out of the whole Ferens thing, I don't generally agree with Jeff O'Neill, but I thought his comment that he put out on Twitter was pretty hilarious. He quote-tweeted the interview, and he goes, loser move, keep it to yourself, cool guy. It seems like he's trying to protect himself because I think him and Eakins are two of the guys that have a really big like L on their forehead from that era. Because everybody thought, all right, here's a change of the guard. We're going to bring in an up-and-coming coach from the Toronto Marlies and this Stanley Cup-winning captain from Boston. And both of them just crapped their pants and got totally overwhelmed, washed right out in a year and a half. And if, if Aikens had such a bad raw deal in Edmonton, why isn't he coaching somewhere else? Or are the other 30 teams in the league also mean? I don't know. I'm just saying, Chris. I'm just saying. I, I think that a lot of the coaches in the Oilers, in that Oilers era, we kind of went by it there, was just that, that they all got a, a raw deal, like Ralph Kruger. He got the worst of the deal. Yeah. He actually had that team like looking good. Like yeah. Jolts, Yak, those guys were playing pretty well. Year. Rookie, yeah, uh, uh, shortened season had them looking good, playing well. It was the best finish they'd had in. And then they years. fired this guy on fucking Skype. Todd <laughs> Nelson, same thing. Where he he had the team playing well, and then and then they just removed the interim like, tag from him. We wouldn't. We wouldn't even. We wouldn't even fire Evan the intern on Skype. No, we wouldn't no. even do that. We'd we never, would call him in. We'd at least him do down. it over text. Yeah, like in our group text, maybe we find a Bitmoji that says kick rocks, Evan. Speaking yeah. of Evan, this is Evan's last day as the intern. He, um, he, he, um, so we were talking the other day and I said, what's happening? Uh, why are you leaving? And he says, I got drafted to go to Vietnam. Wow. And I say, I didn't know they were Evan, still at war. Evan, what do you mean you're going to Vietnam? Uh, this 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 has been over since the 1970s. You're this. What are you talking about? And he's like, I got drafted to go to Vietnam to protect freedom, and I'm I'm still confused. I'm like, what's happening? He's like, I'm very passionate about freedom. I am going there to play professional water polo. But then For he the, was concerned that his horse might die because I didn't really he didn't really understand that water polo was a different game entirely than polo. So Evan was very confused. He was concerned about how many horses are actually dying in Vietnam playing water polo. The answer, of course, is none because it's a different game entirely. You'd Evan was just very confused. In Westlock, though, they kill horses like crazy. And it's got to stop. It's got to stop. If you go through Westlock, please sign the petition that we are going to post online later. Stop killing horses in Westlock. Chris, you had something to say? Go ahead. I have nothing to say. <laughs> you, you have to really ask the question, how did he get into the draft pool when he didn't even know what water polo was? These are all good questions. The draft pool? 
Ah, swimming pool. Evan's a, Evan's, just a, Evan's a really interesting guy. He's uh, uh, reaching now his early 50s. He's qualifying soon for the Emerald Card at Humpties. He's been there and he's done that in life. And he decided, all right, like I'm done interning now. I'm going to go play some water polo in Vietnam and I'm going to defend the freedom of Western civilization. If there's one thing I've learned about Evan, he loves discounted breakfast. Since so a, that senior card? Whew, since whew. this is Evan's last day as an intern, let's go a quick a lap at the table and everyone say their favorite memory of Evan in the last two months. I'll start, Chris. My okay. favorite memory of Evan was when he absolutely murdered a can of beets in my hotel room in Calgary and made a murder scene in my bathroom that when I walked in there, I went, oh boy. And uh, poor Dan here, I had to pull out a 10 spot, yep. 20 spot, 10, bo- 10 spot, just to make sure that the, uh, the, the maid staff was properly compensated for the damage that Evan did to our hotel room. That was good. Uh, I have two favorite memories. One just happened yesterday. Uh, Evan was delivering some mail through the po- Canada Post, and they tried to screw Evan out of like 20 cents, uh, made him buy another stamp. Evan put his foot down and said, no, don't waste my company's money. And he uh, he fought the lady and he uh, got our money back. Out of boy. Two full dimes? Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Nicely done. My favorite memory of Evans was actually when he wasn't here. Um, he actually spent one of our entire podcast episodes at the post office learning how the post office works. So that was a big day for him. My favorite memory is e- e- either when he walked in late to the podcast and spilled that coffee all over the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or when we, me, him, and Jared went to Galaxyland to record a Minuteman and the ride was really scary and he put his head right into my body like I was his father and he started saying papa papa the ride is scary I'll admit I did like it every time he walked in the podcast halfway through and he got a bunch of dirty looks but uh, he used to supply the nuggets for the trivia so no I got to give him credit for that one I forgot about one other memory I have from the podcast with Evan was the first one of the first times he was in this podcast room and uh, we were setting up for the first ever hot trivia sauce. hot sauce. Oh, yeah. He sauced Evan, everybody. For some reason, gave the bottle a shake, but the lid wasn't on. <laughs> so he coated the entire office in hot sauce. We are still finding speckles of yep. hot sauce everywhere. Speaking One, of which, Dan, these Evan memories brought oh, to you by our friends at Get yes. Sauce. We did it. We did it. We did it. Segway, Thank you very much. Segway. Great segue. Of course, you can find our friends at Get Sauce at GetSauce.com. You can give them a call at 780-462-2418 or go see them, Chris. Get Sauce. 9620-58th Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta. You uh, you know, I'm going to give you a hint of what I'm getting you for Christmas. Bag milk? Go ahead. It, uh, it has something to do with a product from Get Sauce. Oh, I look forward to saucing my eggs, my meats, my chickens, maybe which is also meat. Maybe it's seasoning. Oh, maybe it's a season. I make a nice little Caesar rimmer. Yeah. That'd be Anyways, uh, Get Sauce makes for an excellent uh, stocking stuffer this holiday season. Boys, we have got some business to take care of. We've got 10 minutes left in this podcast. We have to revisit the Milan Lucic goal draft. <laughs> there has Not a been... lot has happened. That's the sound of tumbleweeds rolling yeah. to the office. Well, the actually, you know what, Dan? The interesting thing is, as we evolved the idea of the Lucic goal draft, we had at first started with a fight would be one point, an assist would be two points, and a goal would be three points. However, we changed that. We said goals only. Yep. And that screwed with a couple of you guys. It Chris, did. I know you missed an assist. Rick, I got some... Well, he Rick basically drafted all of December. <laughs> Rick basically drafted all of December. He has got nothing. So, so far, we are at donuts across the board. Hold By on. the end of December, Rick will have spent six of his 11 games. Are we going to record a version 
in case he scores and one in case he doesn't score so we can edit it for tonight's game. game's happening tonight. Tonight's game, which is my first game first of one. 2018, I guess. So after, after tonight's game, I'll be the only one without a game yet. So I'm yeah, taking, so I, I'm taking this I feel pretty good about tonight's game because I'm going, first of all, I'm going, I'm undefeated this season, Chris. Third string goalie. Yeah. Everything's coming up Millhouse right now for bag milk, and I feel real good about getting my first point on the board tonight. I don't want to uh, break your heart here, but we've all felt good about our games. Lucic hit a post in my game. Do you know how crushing that is? Lucic hit a Peluso in my game. A what? A is that when he dummied Peluso? Yeah. See, but there uh, you go. You would have had one point had one we point. stuck to the original rules. Chris, yeah. you've had an assist. All, all, I'm saying, rules, all I'm saying is don't get your hopes up tonight because he's uh, going to break your heart. Before we continue with the draft recap, I want to debut something for you guys where I'm going to call it the comment of the week. <laughs> comment of the week came in on Oilers Nation about the Lucic gold draft, and I want to get your guys' take on it. The comment I was... One. I know this one. Totally disrespectful to Lucic. He deserves better, pretty amateur journalism. If you had any nads at all, you would ask him to his face what he thinks about your little gold draft. If there's one thing I know about this podcast, it's we are trying to be professional journalists. But if there's one thing that I know about our comment section is we have a lot of people who just fetishize the idea of us having these one-on-one conversations with Milan Lucic. I got this in an article I did in the summertime, my, my year in review. I'm like, Man, Lucic's 2017-18 season was a nightmare, but I bet you he rebounds next year. And then this guy in the comments is like, would you say that his season was a disaster to him if you guys shared a cab? Yes. <laughs> why, are you, why are you fantasizing about random strangers online being in social settings with Milan Lucic? What is wrong with you? You know what? We have a, we have a few of those odd commenters, but I'd like to say that a lot, majority of our commenters are good people who spark great... <laughs> Great uh, debate. Conversation yeah. Chris, there's website. a little something on your nose. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, you should just give it away. We also have a lot of commenters. Wow, sorry. I support our website commenters. We have and... a lot of commenters who are really adamant that Winnipeg has an airport too. Yeah, it doesn't make Very sense. Very odd. So here's my thoughts on the on this us being negative amateur journalists. First of all, a guy who calls himself bag milk on the internet, obvious pro. Now, the second part is we drafted games in the hopes that he would score in our games. We're cheering for offense. We're not cheering for him to not score. We're cheering for him to be the best in our 11-game segment. This is cheering for offense. I want Lucic to score tonight. I want him to score uh, three tonight. Actually, point of interest, when I asked you this morning, would you like Lucic to score tonight? <laughs> you said no. Well, I didn't know it was my game. <laughs> yeah, so. so we are we're, we're cheering for him 11 times, and then we're cheering against him not to score 44, 44 times. times. You know what? I'll say this. I would rather uh, Lucic score tonight and Bag Milk wins this whole damn thing and us get the W against Philly, then us take the loss and us lose the playoffs by two points. Wow, you're a good soldier. Yeah, thanks. What if we end up not... Oh, fuck, what was the... I was going to draw the line that you said earlier in the thing about being four spots in. I can't really <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what I said. If we were shitting on him last year, then yeah, I kind of get it. But this year, we're honestly right behind him. We want him, We want him, We want the team to win. And I don't care if Koskinen scores every fucking goal. Hell yeah. I want to win... I want everybody on the team to be able to score. Should we have a new draft of Koskinen goal draft? No. <laughs> I don't see why not. We have time. That's professionalism, I think. Yeah, no, who calls us a professional journalist? Man? <laughs> I don't know why people think that. That's dude. ridiculous. What part of... Like, I know nobody can see inside this room right now, but there's, <laughs> there's a lot of content on the site and through Twitter and whatnot. And I don't know who would be mistaken for a journalist. I would challenge anybody to find anything that the five of us have written ever 
That's professional. Dude, I don't write. I like draw pictures. I didn't know <laughs> I can't even fucking understand. <laughs> like we, someone just said, hey, you want to come in here and sit around and talk hockey one day? Yeah. Now I'm here every goddamn Friday. No one can leave. I had to bring in JBCs just because. Oh, yeah. Of <laughs> Shout out to Rick for bringing JBCs. Well, I, I tried right. that side bet. I wanted to get some uh, some action on this. Uh, I'm hoping somebody steps up around this table and does the exact same thing, but. I figured, you know what? If I if I add Luch at four to five by the end of the calendar year, I better put put, put my money where my mouth is and uh, let's go. So I, that I, was I think I have two games left. I still I'm still rolling out four goals this year. What was the side bet? I just like you brought in JBCs and I was like, all right. Side bet was that he did you have last night? Yeah, I don't know. The side bet. Rick was... had the last couple of games, and if Lucic scored, uh, I don't remember what he got. I'm pretty sure nothing. Bragging <laughs> rights. But if he didn't score. Rick brought in delicious JBCs oh, for all of us, which we all enjoy. Before I the thought podcast. the side bet was Rick said on Twitter, I bet if I brought in JBCs, I'll put a smile on everyone's face. And, and it he did. Won. He won. And it did. It was a mission accomplished, as they say. You know what? I'll go ahead and say if Lucic scores tonight, all the boys get cold ones tomorrow. Tomorrow or, uh, Saturday? Monday. Well, Monday, I'll bring in a... Uh, yeah, but Monday after meet bag milk at his house Except tomorrow, for boys. Evan. Yeah. Except for Evan. Evan gets no cold ones because he is not of age. Oh, yeah. Okay, That's so there's there's the side bet. If Lucic scores tonight, I will be in such a good mood. I'm bringing cold ones for the big family if, podcast that's coming up next week for the Christmas Spectacular. I think we should have cold ones for that uh, podcast anyways, but I hope you have to buy them. Are we answering the question of who buys the beers? I was about to say, if Lucic scores a goal tonight, who buys the beers? Daddy Bagmunk buys the beers. Bingo. That's what's going to happen. If he scores tonight, I'm going to be feeling good. I'm going to be feeling festive. I found a great parking spot right near the arena. Within walking distance? Do share with the class. No! <laughs> Are you crazy? When you find a golden parking spot like that, you keep that shit locked down, man. Keep that shit locked down. One thing I want to bring up is that Rick went very, very heavy in 2018. He has got uh, one, two, three games already. He's got Sunday's game against Vancouver, again after Christmas, and on the 29th. You are going to lose most of your games, my friend. Does you have any concern at all that we are moving towards the back half of the season and you are going to be out of the contest entirely? I did have a strategy going in. And I said, the longer this goes, the more it's going to start to weigh on him. And the more he's more likely is to slip into where he was last year. The existential dread. So he's going to get over this right away. I think he's going to get over the, over the hump here in December. And this way in 2019, he can roll in, monkey off the back, feeling good, go earn that big fucking contract. How's it going to feel that like the rest of us are getting points in like February and you have no games left? Yeah, and Rick's just on the sidelines. <laughs> but, we, but we know that yeah, Lucic so. <laughs> and, the, and the team listens to this podcast, so he's, he now knows that he's got Rick's back now. If he has the sniffles in the first week of February, you lose like three games there, Chris. He, he'll play through it. Trust him at a hundred percent. Yeah, those maybe are the that's the those key. are the games maybe you he, think he's gonna score. Maybe he like needs last to night, play at ninety percent from the score. Like last night, we we're we we're depleted. I was like, for sure, he gets one hey, tonight. Another thing is, yeah. are we gonna continue rolling this into the future like it's some kind of perpetuity? I think we should. Why not? I believe was day. that the word of the day? That was the word of the day. Uh, oh. yeah. All right, Cam just sliding that in. Right in the nick Zero. of time. Wow. Not much time left for the word of the day. We are coming in right under the wire, and Cam slides in with perpetuity as the word of the day. I like that. But like I said, I'm going to kick off this, uh, kick off the party tonight with a, a goal or two from Milan Lucic because I'm going to be there and I'm going to lose my mind when he scores. Man, if you get two goals on the leaderboard right away, whew, that's a mountain. That means double the beers next Friday. 
Okay, you know what? If he scores two tonight, that's a flat coming for the... Well, there's going to be like 15 of us, so it almost needs to be a flat. <laughs> that is true. It's going to be a big party. A million dollars. Some people are going to have to share beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only two more people. It's fine. Dan, I want to end off this podcast, this 16th episode of Oilers Nation Radio, by giving a shout out to the brand new, newly launched hockeyfights.com. You want to give us a quick wrap on what happened, what we're looking at, and what's changed? Well, thank you, Bag Milk. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we relaunched Hockey Fights this week with a brand new look. It's a, an exciting uh, time for us over there. It gives me a lot more abilities in the, uh, in the interim to be able to work on the back end of stuff and, uh, and bringing some new features to the website. And HockeyFights.com has entered the 21st century. It did look like a very 1995 website for a it long was. time. I'm excited about it. Uh, as with any launch of a new website, we're working through some kinks. We are. However... Things mobile, are pretty smooth now. Mobile Things, looks great. Yep, yep. The site itself looks great. The sorting, the searching, the players, the way to interact with the website has all been increased. Very excited about the brand new hockeyfights.com. Go check that out. Thank you for that, Peg Milk. You're welcome, buddy. That. You're welcome. Follow them on at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't follow hockey fights, Hockeyfights.com on Instagram. Hockeyfights everywhere else. Go ahead and follow Hockeyfights and that will wrap up episode 16 Oilers Nation Radio I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant I want to thank our friends at Get Sauced for making all of this possible and I hope you guys all enjoy the Lucic goals that come tonight for my first game of the draft shout out to Damien shout out Damien best wishes Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 